Welcome to the Center for Christian Leadership broadcast. Together we'll explore the crossroads of leadership and Christian living. I'm Dr. Stephen Smith, your host and fellow journeyer on this path that we're on to pursue a purposeful life. In each episode, we'll embark on a transformational journey that discusses the timeless principles of leadership that are grounded and firmly established in the wisdom of God's Word. So whether you're a seasoned leader seeking inspiration or someone navigating the challenges of everyday life, this broadcast will act as a compass for navigating the intricate dance between leadership excellence and a life that models the greatest leader, Jesus Christ. So join me and our guests as we unpack profound insights, share inspiring stories, and embark on a quest to lead with purpose in every aspect of our lives. This is more than a broadcast, it's a community committed to elevating Christian leadership while embracing the transformational power of the principles God has established. So let's dive in together and discover the extraordinary potential that emerges when leadership and Christian living emerge. So we're continuing on our study about unbelief and today what we wanna do is we wanna take a look at how fear sucks. Well, let me say it another way. Unbelief sucks our dreams from our life, leaving us helpless and faint, unwilling or worse yet, unable to go on. Not only does it suck potential from us, but it also sucks us into things that will keep us from realizing our full potential. You see, unbelief sucks fear into our lives, making us believe that there's no hope of deliverance. Unbelief causes us to worry about things that are keeping us from our aspirations and God's purpose in our lives. Unbelief sucks us into the state of doubt that God is either unable or unwilling to help us in our personal time of need. Worst of all, unbelief will send us on goose chases that lead us to indecision in our lives and always wondering what we should be doing. I guess the best way to put it is that unbelief sucks. So what we want to do then is we want to take a look today at fear. Remember, Hebrews 3.19 told us so that we can see that because of their unbelief, they were unable to enter into his rest. You see, they were unable to enter in because of unbelief, but what caused that unbelief? Was it fear? Was it worry, like what we talked about yesterday? Entering into God's rest is what God has planned for us. And in fact, that's God's perfect plan for us is for us to be able to enter into what that rest is. You know, until we do that, we're out here in the wilderness. And a lot of us think that the wilderness is a really, really bad place. The fact of the matter is, is that the wilderness can actually be a place where God meets us. If God meets us there in the wilderness, then what it means is, is that we're going to learn more and more as we move along in the purposes and the promises that he has in store for us. So why not join us in getting this unbelief out of us so that we can get out of the wilderness and get into the place where God has for us. You see, the wilderness that will die there. We will not successfully accomplish what it is that God has in store for us. And that's why we want to enter into his rest. So we want to ask ourselves four specific questions before we really get started. These questions are going to help us to understand just a little bit more about what we're doing and why we're doing this study. Now, the first question that we want to ask ourselves is, what is unbelief to you? I've asked you this three other times before, but what happens is, is that if we look at this closely, and if we say, okay, unbelief now to me is something that is combined with my faith and it's just keeping me from God's best, that can be unbelief. Or you may be, this may be the first video that you've seen, you're saying, hey, what is unbelief? I don't know. Unbelief is not having any faith whatsoever. And hopefully if that's the case, we want to go back and take a look at how worry and the other things within this can actually prohibit us from accomplishing God's full purpose for us. Here's the second question that I want to ask you. What is your greatest fear? You see, if I can understand what my greatest fear is, then I know that I can accomplish or I can conquer that fear. 
I might have a fear of heights. I might have a fear of standing up in front of people. I might have a fear of failure. I might have a fear of going to hell. That's actually taken us to heaven. So that, that's a good fear. But what we want to do is we want to identify what our greatest fears are so that we can confront them, get them behind us. Once we confront our fears and we know that we can succeed in everything that God has created for us. The third question that I want to ask you is, is what thoughts or actions can you take that will erase fear from your life? Because we've identified what fear is, and if I know what unbelief is, then what I want to do is I want to start identifying the actions that I can take that, that can overcome fear in my life. If I can overcome that fear, then I know that fear cannot cause unbelief in my life. You know, fear will hold us back from anything that we can successfully accomplish, whether it's with God or without God. But the thing is, is that fear prohibits us from accomplishing our perfect purpose in life. The fourth question that I want to ask you is this. What do you know God told you that he would be with you in? In other words, if God has made a promise to you that he would be with you in this whole thing, why would you have fear? If you know that God is right there behind you, if you know that God's got your back, if you know that God is going to successfully help you accomplish all the things that he told you to do, then why would we fear those things? I mean, it might be scary. It might be things that we know that we can't really fully accomplish. But what we really want to do then is we want to take the time to understand that if God told me to do something, if I know that God said that he's going to be with me in it, then can't I use that to overcome my fears? Let's take a look at the Bible and see what it says. So if I go into Matthew 8, 23 through 25, it tells us this. Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up shouting, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. You know, one of the other gospels says, Lord, don't you care that we're going to drown? You know, a lot of times we get so scared that Oh my gosh, I'm going to die here. I need to have God come in here. Lord, don't you care that I'm going through these difficulties? You know, so many times we, we see that God has told us to go to the other side of the lake and we get in a boat, we head over there, and then all of a sudden at the first sign of trouble or discomfort, we're in fear, we're in panic. We're saying, oh my God, is this really what God wanted me to do? You see, fear can actually stop us from fully accomplishing these things that God called us to be in or to enter into his rest. You see, fear from giants, fear from their inability to be able to conquer walled villages kept the Israelites out of the promised land. So what we can see here is that if I look in the previous verses of Matthew chapter 8, I can see that Jesus said, hey, look, we're going to the other side of the lake. And then he lays down and takes a nap. If you know that he's the Messiah, if you know that he's the Son of God, if you know that he's with you and nothing can stop him from doing what God has told him to do, don't you think that if you're with him, you're going to be safe. A lot of times we don't see it that way, but yet that's got to be the case, doesn't it? So we want to ask ourselves, what causes our greatest fear? Do you believe that God is enough to protect you from that greatest fear? You know, that's a significant question that we want to ask ourselves. What is that greatest fear so that we can confront it so that I know that I can lay this at God's feet? Remember, he said, I want all your worries. I want all your cares. Can't we lay our fears in front of him as well and say, hey, Lord, I'm kind of afraid of stepping up in front of these people, but if you're with me, I know that I can do it, especially if I believe that you told me to do this. So Matthew 8, 26 goes on, and Jesus responded, why are you so afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and waves, and suddenly there was great calm. Do you recognize that, that statement of 
Why are you so afraid? You have so little faith. You see, that's that same word that we talked about yesterday. It's logiopistos, which means a lack of confidence. Their lack of confidence had produced fear in their lives. And Jesus identified this again. We see this four times in the Gospel of Matthew. When I recognized these four different things, I saw a pattern here that said, wait a second, these are the things that are keeping us from achieving our full potential in, in our lives. So we want to identify this fear in this case. If I can eliminate those fears, then what's going to happen is, is that my faith is going to be that much stronger. My confidence in what God has told me to do is going to be that much stronger. I'm going to believe that God is going to take me to that next level because that's what he promised me. If he's worked for me in the past, I have confidence in that then he's gonna work for me in the present as I work through those things. So we wanna make sure that we can do that. So again, I gotta ask you, what is it that's causing your greatest fear in your life? Is it failure? Maybe it's success. Maybe it's the fear of the unknown. You just don't know what's around the corner, so I'm not gonna do anything. You know, it was really sad. As a first sergeant in Germany, I had 120 guys. And you know, about 85% of those guys would never leave post. They'd go to the PX, then they'd come back. They would go down and they'd spend all their time at the club, but they wouldn't go out and they wouldn't go out and enjoy Germany. They wouldn't go out to Europe. They wouldn't go out and do the beautiful things that was right there in front of them because they were afraid of the unknown. What are you not seeing in this world because you're afraid of the unknown? Get rid of that fear. Ask God to take it from you and go out and start exploring and go see what God has in store for you. You'll be amazed at some of the beautiful things that are available to you. So how do we deal with fear? Well, what we want to do is we want to take a look through the Bible, obviously. And Jesus, the first thing that we saw was that Jesus said, hey, we're going to the other side of the lake. Why were you afraid? I was right here with you. So that's one thing that we can look at. But we have another promise that Paul pointed out to Timothy. This is 2 Timothy 1.7, and it tells us, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, of love, and self-discipline. So if I've got this, this spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline, then doesn't that overrule the whole spirit of fear thing? You know, it's trumped because this fear is not something that God has given to us. Guess what fear is? Fear is a state of mind. So what we wanna do is we wanna take this fear, set it on the shelf, get rid of it, not use it because it's not helping us at all. It's actually preventing us from God's full promises for us. Fear is also going to raise our cortisol levels, which will slowly kill us. We are not designed for fear. So we want to set these things aside. Now, we, we are obviously afraid of falling off of cliffs. We're afraid of saber-toothed tigers. We're afraid of gunshot wounds to the face. I mean, these are all things that we should be afraid of, but they're temporary. We don't want them to be constantly on our minds. I don't want to be in a constant state of fear because what it does is it prevents me from entering into God's rest. So I want to ask you again a question. How does the spirit of power eradicate, eradicate fear in our lives? How does that spirit of love destroy fear in our lives? How does that spirit of self-discipline kill the fear that's trying to so desperately keep us from our true purpose? These three things, if I can identify how they can help me, the spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline will always help me to get through and past the fears that are there in my life. They're right here in the Bible. It's a promise for us. Start using it. So Hebrews 13, 6 tells us, so we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? 
The simple fact of the matter is, is that if you have a fear of people, there's nothing that they can do to you. And in fact, the only person that we really need to fear is God himself. And God's not going to harm us. And in fact, he loves us more than anything. He wants to see us succeed, especially if he told us to do something. So why not grab a hold of this confidence that we have in the Lord himself, just like the disciples should have turned around and said, hey, Jesus is in the back of the boat. He's with us. I'm confident that things are going to work out extremely well. I'm not afraid of a thing. If they had done that, the storm probably would have stopped and Jesus wouldn't have rebuked them for not having any faith. So what are some of the confidences that you already have in God that can help remove this fear from your life? You may already have confidence in the fact that you're going to heaven. Even though you've never seen it, you've never been there, you never felt it, you never touched it, you never experienced it, but you absolutely know that if you were to hit, get hit by a bus, then you would absolutely go to heaven. So if you know that, can't you apply that to fear? Nothing worse can happen to me while I get to go to heaven early. Yes! So these are things that we can do and apply to this fear in our lives. You know, 1 John 4.18 tells us such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. This is a great verse to help us see that what else conquers fear for us? Not only power and a sound mind, but also that love that, that Paul had talked about. If I've got the love of God in me, then I know that I don't have to fear about anything because God's right here by my side. He told Joshua to be strong and to be courageous, not to fear anything because he would never leave him. He would never abandon him. Can't we have that same confidence that God loves me so much that he's not going to harm me? What would happen if you identified your greatest fear and you started singing, Jesus loves me? You started singing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Couldn't you say that and believe that whatever fear arises, it'll immediately stop? It'll imme immediately quench. So what are some of the other ways that you can replace fear in your lives with love? How do you get love from here to here to get rid of that, that fear mindset? That's, if we can do that, if, it can I start, if I can start focusing on what God wants me to do and on the love that he has for me, can I succeed in everything that I set these hands to? So we can also see that David had a, had a really good confidence when he faced Goliath. This is 1 Samuel 17, 45. It says, David replied to the Philistine, you come at me with a sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. He had God behind him. He was so confident that God was there with him that he knew that he could absolutely succeed. You know, a lot of us don't recognize this, but in 1 Samuel 16, you know what that's all about? It's about how David was anointed to be king. David knew that he was going to be king of Israel. He had this confidence that God was going to be with him. He spent all that time with God while he was tending the sheep. He knew that God saved him from, oh, I don't know, the bear and the lion. He knew that he was going to save him from this stupid giant. So what we can do then is we can start taking this confidence and recognizing the fact that I can overcome these things. How do you stand up to fear in your own life? So what we want to do then is we want to take a look at some of the ways that we can confront these greatest fears in our lives. You know, Romans 8.15 tells us, so we have not received a spirit that makes us fearful slaves. Instead, we've received God's spirit when he adopted us as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. God's our father. God has put us in a place where we don't have to have any fear. Imagine what your life would be like if you didn't have any fear. 
This is a four-step exercise that I'd like to work with you on this and help you get past some of these fears that might be holding you back. Now, the first thing that we want to do is we want to identify what these fears are. Maybe if you write down what it is that you're afraid of, you write down these things, maybe you're afraid of public speaking, maybe you're afraid of success, maybe you're afraid of failure, maybe you're afraid of the unknown. All these things that we've already identified, if you can identify what your greatest fear is, now you can now confront it, right? So next to those things, what we want to write down is, why do I fear them? Why do I fear public speaking? Why do I fear the unknown? Why do I fear death? I mean, there are all these different kinds of things that we can identify, hey, fear is an important factor in our lives, but why can't I just identify what it is that's causing this fear? And if I can eliminate that, the fear is gone. The fear has no place to take root, right? The third question that I want to ask you is this. Next to that list that we've written, write down either power, love, or sound mind as a solution to them. How do you use God's power to overcome any one of those fears? How do you use God's love to overcome any one of those fears? How do you use a sound mind? You know, the process where God has actually given you the ability to be able to outthink your greatest fears. If you can come back, come back with this certain confidence that you have that God is with you, doesn't that mean that your sound mind is changing the way that you're looking at fear? So the fourth question that I want to ask you is, is we want to write down what life would look like without fear. How could you succeed in this life if you didn't have fear? I want you to think about that. If we can overcome fear in our lives and we know that we are going to be successful in whatever we set our hands to, we got to get past this fear in our lives because that's some of the unbelief that's keeping us from God's best for our lives. If I can un undo the unbelief in my system through worry, through doubt, or through fear, then I know that I can succeed in these things and I can take these things and be that much more successful because God's got that promise for me. So why not take these things, go out, be something successful, be that tool, be something that God can use, be the miracle that he needs going someplace to happen. I want to thank you for joining us today. Our journey together facilitated a look through the lens of Christian faith. Together we discovered a special word from God that we believe grants our spiritual needs if we allow it to. We encourage you to add this broadcast to your subscription, share it with others whose lives will be transformed. Let's build a community of fellow believers dedicated to following in the footsteps of our servant-hearted Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for being a part of this broadcast. And until our next episode, let's go forth in the challenges that we face equipped with the love and grace of Jesus Christ. Blessings to you on this transformational journey. I will be with you till the end.